The SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up today to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. The NFL postseason continues to roll on and welcome to the SGP and fantasy football podcast here on the sports gambling podcast network. I as always am your host Rod Gomez. Find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez and find the SGP and fantasy channel on Twitter at SGP and fantasy. We are knee deep in the wild card round here in the NFL. Such great action happening this weekend. And I know that I, for one, am ridiculously happy. The 49ers will now advance to play the Green Bay Packers in the next round in which I am terrified, but I'm still going to take this playoff win and be happy with it because this is probably a lot farther than I thought they were going to make it in the postseason. Uh, But again, I am happy. And this week, I bring in a heavy hitter with me so we can continue to talk about the NFL postseason. Maybe not regular season fantasy football, but best ball is happening right now. And uh, it, it's going on and going strong. So there's still a chance to play fantasy football. Justin Mark is here to help me break it all down this uh, this episode. And Justin, were you as happy with the playoff football games as I was this weekend? Yeah, I think we had a couple good games, a couple kind of sleeper games, but I was also happy to see your Niners advance, and I'm hoping they advance again and beat the Packers get kicked out of there. Uh, I know my daughter's favorite team is Green Bay, and uh, we did this a couple of years ago when they played the Packers in the playoffs, so uh, I hope to have to break my daughter's heart again for the second season and uh, out of, you know. I mean, look, I want to see your team win, just not against mine. That's all there is to it. So, uh, all right. So again, we talked about it. Uh, most of the, the obviously fantasy football seasons that we normally play through are already done. Uh, but best ball is really in full swing right now. Underdog is doing it big. Uh, they've got the gauntlet returning. And so you still have an opportunity to play some fantasy football, some uh, at least best ball fantasy football well into the postseason. Um, Justin, I know you said you already got some, uh, some best ball lineups out there rolling. Yeah. Yep. I did a couple, um, I think probably four or five that, uh, it's my first year doing best ball. So I thought, why not? Uh, yeah. There's, there's so many different platforms that are offering it right now and might as well get in the game and have some fun. 
Absolutely. And that's the thing about it too. Those, those are popping up all over the place. And I know that best ball is such a, a great format for almost a set it and forget it type of a thing. And it really does lend itself well to like the postseason here. Uh, so if you're not familiar with the best ball format on underdog, you get 10 players, uh, you get, uh, was it one quarterback, couple of running backs, uh, three wide outs, a tight end or two. Yeah. Uh, but you get five players to start and five players on the bench. But it's not necessarily where you have to set the lineup. You just draft these 10 players, and the person that exceeds the the point total of the next person gets those points. So basically, you're drafting 10 players, and the five best point getters uh, in the positions that they designate get those points, and you either win or you don't, uh, or you continue to advance through. So the trick here in, in, in these circumstances is to draft players that you think are going to go deep into the playoffs, that we continue to get the playoff points for it, or... You can try to draft somebody that you know is just going to get a gigantic chunk of points and carry you through into the next week, so that way you don't have to worry about it. But uh, we're, we've got 10 players that we're going to break down for you that we're going to not just tell you to draft them, because obviously these players, a lot of them, you're just going to draft. I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer if you get to the position that you can draft them in the position that they are. We're going to try to help you get comfortable with where to actually take these folks in the uh, best ball drafts that you're going to be doing this weekend. So... Justin, are we ready to get our folks set and ready to uh, to win some money in this underdog tournament? Yeah, let's do it. All right. And it doesn't necessarily have to be underdog. It could be any uh, any best ball tournament that you find out there. The FFPC, FPPFC, yeah, that one. <laughs> Fantasy Football Players Championship. <laughs> That's out there too. So, uh, All right, Justin, let's get it kicked off. The first one we start with is, uh, wow. I mean, this guy, I've never seen a perfect game in football. I've seen perfect games in baseball, but never in football. Josh Allen threw a perfect game by all rights and accounts in football. No punts, no, no turnovers, nothing, just straight touchdowns, every possession. It's amazing to see. So Josh Allen in a best ball format. Now, uh, let's just talk about Josh Allen and that performance real quick. All right. So Josh Allen had a great game last week. He went 21 for 25, 308 yards and five touchdowns. But he also had six carries for 66 yards. And that's, to me, that's kind of what makes him stand out among the quarterbacks that are left. I know Mahomes can run the ball, but they do a little more design plays for Allen. And credit to Dabble, the offensive coordinator for the Bills there, because he has earned a head coaching job the way he has ran that offense. Um, so now Allen goes against the Chiefs, who during the regular season allowed the third most fantasy football points to quarterbacks. So I think he's going to have a great game again. I don't think their defense is going to contain him. Um, and for me, he's my top quarterback on the board. Yeah, I just to me, there's it's almost a no-brainer. And then what he did to him in the actual regular season, what, three touchdowns he threw for, 300 yards or so. So he definitely did a good job against them in the regular season as well. So, I mean, it's a no-brainer. You're going to want to dr uh, draft Josh Allen. But the question here, Justin, really for these folks is, where should you take them? Should this be a first, if you have the first pick in the draft, are you taking Josh Allen first because you know what he's capable of and maybe even the deep run that he's at? Or are you going to let him slide? I mean, where are, we, where are we at on where to draft Josh Allen? That's tough. Uh, my first thought was don't take him first overall because it, even though the Chiefs' defense isn't that great, he's got a tough matchup. That's going to be a back-and-forth game, and will he advance? But then when I think about it, it's like, okay, so if I'm not taking him first, who am I taking? And I don't know if I have anybody ranked higher than Josh Allen. 
Um, if you believe that he that the Bills are going to beat the Chiefs, I think, yeah, he's your number one guy. And it's not even just first overall. That, that's what we're kind of getting at too, Justin. Yeah, he's your, he's your first pick. If you have any pick in the draft and he falls to you, that that's just a decision you have to make is whether or not you want to go quarterback. And then if you go quarterback, do you want to go Josh Allen? Uh, which, I mean, to me, it feels like a rough decision because, again, when, you, when you're talking about season long, obviously, you know, you're going to let quarterbacks kind of slide because you know that you can grab one in the later rounds. But when you only have 10 roster spots to fill and one of those has to score you a ton of points, the quarterback position scores you the most points. And especially if he does advance and continues on into the next round. So, yeah, I mean, you know you're going to get points out of Josh Allen. It's just, again... You kind of have to buck your season-long tendencies in this, too, and, and get out of your comfort zone if you want to take Josh Allen first So, uh, with your very first pick in that draft. Because, again, he's going to get you points, and he's going to get you a ton of... His rushing floor is alone, I think, enough to get you there. Oh, for sure. Um, the rushing floor and the rushing touchdowns on top of his passing yards and passing touchdowns is just... There's a, there's a lot of room for points there. Yeah. I mean, his rushing floor is the same as uh, an RB2, really, if, if you're going to. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So you get a running back two and a quarterback one all in one player. Uh, so so Josh Allen might be your first pick. <laughs> I mean, again, it may feel yucky, but uh, I think some of these other, I think quarterbacks are going to go off the board early anyway, so you got to get yours. Uh, and if Josh Allen falls to you, then I think you got to consider it a miracle. Uh, another guy that may not fall to you if you have this, you know, fifth or sixth pick in that draft is Patrick Mahomes, uh, who he will be playing against. So this is a little game correlation here. Uh, but again, we kind of expect this to be uh, a really big time shootout, like it was last time. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes, obviously, we saw him do spectacular things this weekend. So where are we comfortable taking Patrick Mahomes? really and, and why should we even consider taking him as early as we do yeah so at the start of that Chiefs Steelers game I thought man they're going to contain Mahomes are you kidding me and then of course he goes 30 for 39 404 yards and five touchdowns he also ran the ball three times for 29 yards so didn't really get him contained um, they do go against the Bills who are number one against the quarterback fantasy football wise so they have a tough matchup but I think if Allen goes um you're probably looking at Mahomes or Brady, and I like Mahomes a little bit more just because he is mobile. Um, Brady's not the most mobile quarterback, of course. Um, so it, for me, Mahomes is your second quarterback. I think if quarterbacks start going, well, it's, if Allen goes, I think you grab Mahomes, second best quarterback option there, um, only behind Allen. And, you know, this is, again, if you think the Chiefs, if you're confident the Chiefs are going to beat the Bills, then, of course, you want to take Mahomes over Allen. But, um, you know, as far as the, the points go, I think he's the second best there. And I think that's kind of where you take him. If the quarterbacks start going, you grab Mahomes. And I have a feeling that's what they, I haven't started drafting yet, but I have a feeling that that's exactly what happens as quarterbacks start getting grabbed off the board. Because we've even seen a little variance in these other positions that we're going to talk about later on down the road too, to where you can't necessarily bank on one to get you all the points that you need to get. So the quarterback is probably the most stable position that we have going into these playoffs. And we've seen it kind of bear out too. Uh, whereas I think you're right. It's, it's Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And I almost feel like it's 1A, 1B. So if you're sitting there with one of the first picks in the draft and you want to grab Mahomes first anyways over a guy like Allen, right? I mean, I wouldn't fault you for that either because either one of these guys can blow up for five, 
touchdowns in a game as we've seen and and really again both of these guys bring a mobility that Brady doesn't give you um obviously we know Garoppolo doesn't really give you that uh some of these other quarterbacks that are left over even Tannehill's not going to give you that so these two quarterbacks are the are the top two in this in this whole playoff thing and you got to get yourself at least one of them I think and I think there's a really good chance that one of them's playing the Super Bowl so you're going to get uh hopefully get multiple games out of these guys um, and probably a deep run. Yeah. And, and that, again, that's, that's what you're looking for too, because you can grab somebody that's going to get you a ton of points, but you know, next week they got to be there Uh, best ball is, is vicious, vicious beast like that, where they have to be there for you because you got to keep getting points from them. I know that I've, I had injuries just hit me so much in a a couple of my best ball drafts. So by the end of it, I had like two starters left. It was such a tough. Oh, no. It was such a tough situation to be in, but yeah. Uh, all right, let's stay in that game. Move over to the running back position, where we're going to talk about a guy that. Where the hell did he come from, Justin? Where Where did Jarek McKinnon's performance come from, and where has it been all season long? I liked this guy when he was with the Niners. He left and just disappeared, but all of a sudden, in the bright lights of the playoffs, Jarek McKinnon starts to become a thing, and much to Daryl Williams. Uh, manager's chagrin, who people who picked him up in best ball formats. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, um, McKinnon has always been a talented player, but he's battled injuries his whole career, it seems like. Um, when the when they picked him up, this is kind of the role I thought he was going to fill from the very beginning. And of course, uh, he waits till the playoffs to kind of explode. So he had, uh, for rushing, he had 12 carries for 61 yards, but he also had six catches for 81 yards and a touchdown, very active um, in that passing game. And I think you're going to see that carry over into this Chiefs-Bills game as the Bills get after um, the quarterback that, you know, they have that really strong defense. I think you're going to see a lot of little dump-offs and McKinnon's going to be that guy, it looks like. Um, the Bills are also right in the middle against the run, 17th fantasy football-wise. So, um the tough thing is, you know, is is Clyde Edwards-Alaire going to be healthy? Um, is Gore going to vulture touchdowns? I mean, they they have so many running backs that they use and flip and flop that that makes it really tough to zero in and say, okay, I'm very confident about McKinnon. And th- so this is a guy where uh, this isn't a, a slam dunk uh, drafting pick, which is why when names flash like this, we have to break it down for folks. That way they can understand that, you know, not to chase points. And we talk about that all the time, chasing points, uh, because McKinnon is a buyer beware. You saw what he did and it makes you front of, it makes in front of mind to you and you go, Oh, well now I have to have him. Uh, but you got to pump the brakes a little bit because just like you said, Kansas city is, is known to absolutely throw wrenches in and, and look, the announcers were even talking about it uh, during the game, and I've heard some folks talk about it, not just on Twitter, but you know, all over the place, talking about well, if if Ceh is actually healthy, did McKinnon do enough to upseat him from his spot? And the answer to that is no, because we've seen Ceh get run back out when he's healthy, he's out, right? I mean, there's no, there's he's out on the field rather when he's healthy, he's out on the field. There's no somebody's going to take his job from him. Um, it's a matter of whether or not he can stay on the field the whole game. But when he's out there, he's out there, right? And and McKinnon, if CEH is healthy, kind of goes back to that role of a, a, a bench player. I mean, and, and every once in a while, come out player, right? 
Yeah, for sure. So I think McKinnon's one of those guys that if he starts slipping a little bit because other people are thinking, well, we don't know what to expect. I mean, he's obviously got a lot of upside. We saw this past week. Um, it's just you got to get him at the right time, I think. Yeah, and and look, I would let other people try to grab him before. If he's around in the back half of a draft uh, and you really want to take a flyer on somebody who you think is going to pop and splash, uh, you know, if you've got room, if you want to take that second running back, third running back at the end of the draft. Because remember, you only got 10 spots to fill. So you got to be very judicious with how you fill them. Um, but yeah, if, if you are really impressed and think McKinnon is going to continue to do what he did last week, go ahead. But Justin and I, I think are, are, are saying let's, let's kind of slow down a little bit on that. Um, all right, but let's move over to the other running back in that matchup. I picked a lot of chiefs bills because these are the guys that are going to be making a lot of noise, right? Heading into these drafts. And there's a lot of folks that are probably going to be wondering what to do with them. And Devin Singletary is definitely one of those guys because Devin Singletary <laughs> It's, I mean, look, here's the thing about Devin Singletary, right? He, when Zach Moss was was stealing some of his thunder, you thought to yourself, well, is Singletary ever going to come through? And all of a sudden, he started coming through. Uh, in fact, he was the third leading rusher in the playoffs so far with the Monday night game yet to be played with 81 yards on 16 carries, uh, you know, so and two touchdowns. So he had a very big game. Now, the question is, can he do that again against the Chiefs? And is that worthy enough to grab him in our best ball lineups? Yeah, so Singletary is a guy that I stay away from in regular season, but in this postseason best ball, I think he's worth a worth a spot. Um, you know, the the Bills love to pass the ball, but they do a very good job working the run in as well. Um, like you said, sixteen carries, eighty one yards, two touchdowns. He only had three receptions for thirteen yards. Um, not really his specialty. Uh, they go against the Chiefs, fifteenth against the run, um, and like you said, when Moss was there, Singletary was up and down, inconsistent. But since Moss has left, I mean, Singletary's been pretty consistent. 88 yards, 110 yards, 86, 52. I mean, he's had some good games there. Um, he's not, you know, he's not going to get you 100 yards and a couple touchdowns, uh, except when they route a team like they did this past week, I guess, when he got 81 yards and two touchdowns. I don't think you can expect that from him every week, especially against a team like the Chiefs, where they're going to have to probably pass to keep up and uh, move the ball quickly. But he's another guy that, uh, you know, I wouldn't take him first overall like McKinnon, um, but I would rank him a little bit above McKinnon because he's a guy that it's pretty clear cut that he's their number one guy and he is going to get carries. Well, and you got to figure a lot of those carries, he did get 16 carries, right? And this was an absolute route. So that kind of factors into it. But by and large, I think the Bills are going to need to still establish the run against the Chiefs as well. I mean, this isn't going to be a uh, thing where they're going to fling the ball all over the place. I think both of these teams are going to have to do something with the run because they can't just necessarily uh, cock back and throw it the whole time. Uh, but, you know, Devin Singletary is so interesting because with two touchdowns, right, those those are two touchdowns that you get. And in best ball, touchdowns are kind of king because they'll get you the points where you need them. Um so does he get an opportunity to do that again against uh, the the Chiefs, where the Steelers didn't do all that much in the running game last week? And I don't know if it was because the Ste or the Chiefs had a stout defense, or just Najee Harris couldn't get going. Uh, and then you even saw Benny Snell get in there uh, somewhat. So yeah, I mean it will be tough for Singletary, but I think he does have the possibility of getting at least a touchdown against the Chiefs. 
Agreed. I mean, he did close the season. The last four games, he had at least a touchdown in each. So um, he's getting those red zone carries. Yep. And again, if you think the Bills are going to advance, then this is the one uh, that you're going to have to pick to to get you those points going through. Uh, all right, let's talk about a guy that I love. And I'm starting to love him even more and more now as, as we get going. This is such a weird thing because the Niners entered the season, the 2021 season, with all the running backs. Like, they grabbed every running back that had a pulse and said, hey, we're going to put you all on the team. And for a while, it was Raheem Mostert, obviously. And then we thought Trey Sermon was going to be a thing. And then uh, Jamichael Hasty and all these. But all of a sudden, Elijah Mitchell just comes through in every, every instance that he can come through. Last week, or this last uh, game, 27 carries, 96 yards, and a touchdown. Huge game, and I got to tell you, Justin, it was a beautiful thing to watch. So does this warrant us trying to take a chance on him this week as they go against the Green Bay Packers? I think so. Um, I've become a huge fan of Mitchell. I'm kicking myself because in a dynasty league about midseason, I traded him thinking eh, eventually they're going to go to Sermon. And now I'm not so sure because he definitely seems like the guy. Um, the Packers are seventh against the run, but how do you beat the Packers? You keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. So I think Mitchell's going to get a ton of carries um, so that they can control the clock. And like you said, 27 carries this last game. I could easily see that again. I can see a touchdown for him. Um, he's one of the top guys that you just know he's going to get the carries. Um, I think where you're drafting him is a lot based on your confidence on how many games are they going to play. So if you think uh, they have a good chance of beating the Packers, which I do, um, then I think he's absolutely worth one of your top spots, especially when you feel good to, to pounce on a running back. You want to pounce on him. And I think for me, this is a third-round guy for me. I, I'm going to probably take a quarterback first. I want to take a receiver, a splash receiver, second, and then I'll probably come around. Hopefully, if I've got like the, the snake pick, I can grab Elijah Mitchell without anybody else trying to grab him in the third. I don't know that he's going to go in those first two rounds because, you know, again, Elijah Mitchell, people know him, but I don't know what it is about not believing in him. You know, you, you don't necessarily see him as uh, even an Ezekiel Elliott yet, or you know what I'm saying? Like these these names that people recognize right off the jump, right? And you just you know that they're big running backs that have big names. But Elijah Mitchell, I think, spent most of the season getting downplayed so much that now that he's producing, people are still like, Yeah, but it's Elijah Mitchell. But his over under for carries last week was nineteen and a half. I took the over and then some because I knew that this was going to happen. And 27 attempts later, you know, he almost had a 100-yard game and a touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, Elijah Mitchell, he might be a sleeper in this format. Yeah, I agree. I mean, everybody's going to look at like, oh, Aaron Jones. I'm going to pick him if it's between him and Mitchell. Um, and so that could set you up really nice for Mitchell to slide right in there. And, yeah, controlling the clock, running the ball, that's how the 49ers are going to win games. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I don't think they want to trust Jimmy G. I think they just they want to run that ball as much as they can. <laughs> no, man. And and he almost blew it for us at the end of that game, man. That that interception was absolutely costly. I knew and when he threw it too, I was like, ah, oh, Jimmy G and his overthrows, man. Because that's it. That's that's exactly the staple of a Jimmy G game, is you get at least one of those uh situations where he just overthrows his receiver and it ends up in the other person's hands and you can't 
Uh, can't even get away from that. So, yeah, go ahead, sleep on Mitchell. I mean, Jones is obviously the bigger name in this situation, and if somebody grabs Jones first, uh, feel free to grab Mitchell because Jones isn't even getting this type of work. You know what I'm saying? And like right. Dante Foreman too. Dylan. Yeah, he's splitting tons with Dylan. And Dante Foreman's another one of the big names that are that's coming into it. But Mitchell, I think, will outplay both of them. So, um, yeah, sleep on Mitchell. I'll take him. I'll take him all day. That's a lot of work. Touches equal fantasy points, right? Absolutely. So, uh, all right. You know what else equals fantasy points is, I don't know. That's a weird transition. We're just going to go to break when we come back. We've got the next five players for you to consider in your best ball drafts. Hang tight, Justin Rod. We'll be back. The SGP and fantasy football podcast on the sports gambling podcast network. is. You don't need me to ask you this question. You already know that you're ready to win money and boost your odds. Well, guess what? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You get exclusive rewards, as always, right at your fingertips. So get in now on all your favorite teams, players, sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and so much more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses if you bet five dollars you win a four hundred dollars in free bets and of course as always you can win a vip trip to shack's funhouse in la right now it's going on bet twenty dollars on win bets build your own bet feature and earn a chance to win a once in a lifetime experience for the big game you and three guests, we don't pick them, you do. They're going to receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Funhouse, two nights at Win Las Vegas, a $5,000 free bet at Win Las Vegas Sportsbook, and a $5,000 travel credit. What a hell of a payout. Make sure you get in on that. Also, make sure you get in on all those great promos, odds, and payouts. It's all happening right now at WinBet. From booster parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Are you ready to play? Yes, you are. Sign up today. You're going to receive a special offer. It's a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. So bet big, win bigger with WinBet, and download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. We're brought to you by PropSwap, as we always are, where America buys and sells sports bets. The NFL playoffs are in full swing, and prop swappers are cashing in. Like Will from Arizona, his Cardinals are playing tonight, who on Sunday sold his $50 100-1 49ers Super Bowl ticket for $500 on PropSwap. Although the Niners are going to make it, so, you know, whatever. Will locked in his profit when he turned his $50 bet into $500. The buyer got great odds and the seller made 10 times his bet. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry! Download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit. PropSwap's going to match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. Back with more here on the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Rod Villa Gomez, Justin Mark, breaking down 10 players for you to consider and where to consider in your best ball tournament drafts as you enter those for the postseason. 
already talked about five good ones, and uh, we got five more good ones on tap, and I'm pretty excited about this because I'm looking forward to uh, not only drafting these guys, but watching uh, Debo Samuel Justin as we kick off the next one. We'll stay in San Francisco. Uh, this guy, I don't know what else more you can say about Debo Samuel. I, it feels to me as if San Francisco always finds a way to grab one of those players that is just absolutely electric, right? Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens, like Steve. I mean, all these guys that we grab are all the iconic uh, players and Debo Samuel is yet another one in a long line of those. So Justin, sing to me the praises of Debo Samuel, my friend. Sure. So I was talking to my good buddy Nick Fortune, who, like you, is a huge 49ers fan. And I asked him, I said, Is Debo the most important part of the 49ers? And he said, Absolutely. He says, Of course, our line play is a big factor, but if you're narrowing it down to one single person, it's Debo. Uh, and he showed that lot this past week, 10 carries for 72 yards and a touchdown, three receptions for 38 yards. Um, he played the Packers week three and only had five receptions, but on 10 targets for 52 yards. That was a little bit before they were using him as much in the run game. That really picked up in week 10 when he had five carries, then eight, six, eight, six, five, seven, eight, and then 10 in the playoffs. Um, we just talked about it with Mitchell. How did the 49ers win? They run the ball. They've gotten Debo really involved in that run game, even though he's a wide receiver. Um, but that just makes him even more valuable because he also is a wide receiver. So if he's not running the ball, he's lining up as a wide receiver in the game pretty much every play, it seems like. Um, so I just I think his uh, fantasy floor is huge um, because he's getting those carries. You know, you're not just taking a receiver thinking, oh, I hope they pass the ball to him a lot. Um, he's getting those carries. He's seems like he's getting a touchdown pretty much every game, whether it's a reception or a rushing touchdown. And I just, I think he holds a lot of value. Um, whether he's your number one wide receiver off the board, I'm not as sold on that. Um, I guess, you know, that really depends on if they have faith like you do that the 49ers are making the Super Bowl. Um, but I do think he provides a lot of value. He's a guy that if, uh, you know, a guy like Mike Evans is gone, um, or Jamar Chase, you're looking, okay, who do I want to get at wide receiver? If Debo's there, he just has a ton of value, and I think you got to grab him. And I, look, for me, homerism aside, I almost feel like I am going to take him in the second round as my first skill position player uh, past the quarterback position because Debo is guaranteed touches. There is There are very few players in this playoff pool that are guaranteed as many touches, I feel like, as Debo Samuel, other than like Elijah Mitchell, who gets 27 touches. But Debo Samuel only needs two or three to actually be ridiculously explosive. And that's the thing about Debo is that you are not just drafting a wide receiver two at this point, because right? you can't really call him a wide receiver one anymore. He doesn't get that type of, of target share. Uh, but you get a, a wide receiver two and a running back two, in Debo Samuel, and that adds up to one very valuable player, in my opinion. So, um, God, I love Absolutely. Debo. I love him. I, and the thing is, is that so this is the Debo. This is Debo, right? After the interception, he says to coach, "Give me the ball, coach. I got this." And what does he do? He goes out and he scores a touchdown on the very next play. If that doesn't scream like amazing Debo Samuel, I don't know what does. And what a good pick for an anytime touchdown bet if you want to throw some money on gambling. Tell me about it. Yeah, Debo Samuel anytime touchdown against the Packers. I'll take that. 
again, because he's he just gets the looks. But this is not a Debo Samuel show. Uh, it should be, though. <laughs> I'm telling you that, man. As a Niner fan, I, like I said, I'm glad to have him because it's so much fun to cheer for him. Uh, I'd hate to be a Cowboys fan tonight, uh, not you know knowing that Debo crushed your soul. Uh, all right, another player, though, that crushes souls, Jamar Chase. He's been doing it all season long. Well, okay, maybe at least for the back half of the season, but crushing souls on opponent, uh, opposing teams, and he's doing it again in the offseason. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, really just laying waste to the the field was it nine catches 116 yards just an outstanding day for the rookie again and um this is one of those situations justin's where you were talking about a wide receiver one taking before i think this might be the guy right before samuel i think so um i liked that last this last game they even got him involved in the run game a little bit he had three carries for 13 yards um he's become pretty matchup proof I mean, he can play against any defense, good or the bad, and he's getting catches. I don't know if anybody has um, outplayed expectations more than Jamar Chase because you heard so much about, well, he's not ready for the NFL. Um, he's struggled with drops, all this. seems like there was a lot of negativity, and he just exploded. Um, and now he goes against the Titans, who don't have a good pass defense. They're ranked 31st fantasy point-wise against wide receivers. And to me, that means Jamar Chase, he's going to eat. They're going to feed him the ball. He's their most talented receiver, even though they have a really good receiving room. Um, and then the chemistry between him and Burrow, uh, he's a guy that I would feel very confident in. Um, and I think if the Titans don't have Henry back, you know, I think the Bengals can, this is a very winnable game for them. And so you're looking at Jamar Chase, who can play at least two games um, when you're drafting him, you're hoping for two games. And I think that's very possible. Absolutely. I mean, and, and for me, look, when you look at, at the standings of it all, especially this, this last wildcard weekend, Jamar Chase, uh, nestled second in yardage, only one behind Mike Evans. And really the only thing that kind of kept him out of the lead was, was touchdowns. But then the next four players on the board were all tight ends. And then a running back, you got to go down to eighth to find another receiver uh, on that list as far as receiving yards. And he was only one of two to top 100 yards. He's going to do it again. I mean, there's just no there's no doubt about it. They found their Jamar. Now, look, it's funny that you mentioned that, though. They got him involved in the rushing game because now everybody's looking for their Debo Samuel. Uh, everybody exactly. wants a Debo Samuel, and, and they're trying to turn uh, their, their backs. Because I did. I saw him coming out of the backfield, and I was like, wait a second. That's number one. He, what's he doing taking a carry or two? Uh, but yeah, but now do you think this is something that they're going to try going forward with Jamar? You, you know, I would almost caution against it cause you want to keep him healthy. Um, you don't want him taking hits out of the backfield, but he's got such an explosive skill set that, it, you know, I don't blame him for getting him more involved than he already is. Yep. I, and to me again, Jamar chase has got nowhere to go, but up obviously, because this is his first year and you're really going to see him on the, on the limelight. And this is going to be a game where they're going to need to, to keep up. Uh, and I think what they need to do is they need to get up early, to be honest with you, uh, because the Titans sure. are nowhere to, yeah, they're, they're no one to be trifled with. So uh, you'll also notice that we don't have, uh, we didn't, we're not talking about very many Titans in this game. And we're also not talking about uh, Rams or Cardinals again, because we don't know where, uh, who's going to make it. Um, although I feel like I think I've got my money on the Rams. Uh, unfortunately, I, I don't want to say that, but you know, I got them. Uh, but yeah, we're not talking about uh, Packers either because a lot of these guys, you already know where you're going to take them. Um, but, and they're not, you know, 
They're not front of mind yet. So we're just breaking down some other guys for you. Uh, and somebody that we're breaking down now is Mike Evans, who just played. Again, we talked about he led the league in yardage uh, by, a, by a yard over Jamar Chase this week. Uh, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, people think, are going to make a run. So Mike Evans might become super valuable to you. Uh, and so do we take Mike Evans as the first wide receiver off the board, Justin? I think so. I have him ranked as my top wide receiver uh, with Godwin out. You know, he's kind of a guy that Brady looks to often. Um, had nine receptions, 117 yards and a touchdown. He'll play either the Rams or the Cardinals, but they're both kind of ranked low on the low end for um, wide receiver defense. So I think he's got a good matchup and I, you know, credit to Tom Brady for just doing what he does. I mean, I, uh, you kind of get tired of all his success, but it, credit to him for just, he goes to the other team and everybody's like, well, he's not going to have the same success. And he does. And he gets his playmakers involved and that's Mike Evans. He's a playmaker for him. Um, so, you know, I definitely, he's ranked as my top guy uh, for wide receivers. And I, I can see you, if you don't want to take quarterback first, I can see you going Evans. It was looking a lot like he wasn't going to get in the end zone though for a while. It was it took quite it took a while. There were a lot of Mike Evans anytime touchdowners that were sweating it out till yeah. Oh, you were one of them. <laughs> I was one of them. <laughs> what what were you thinking the whole time the whole game? Well, they were ahead by so much at that point that I'm like, oh man, they're not even going to pass the ball anymore. And then he caught it, and I thought he was going to get tripped up there, and then he keeps on his feet and does his little somersault in. I'm like. Oh, Thank you. Because <laughs> even the pass that, yeah, you, exactly. Even the pass that he caught didn't look like it was going to get in for a touchdown. And all of a sudden, he just yeah. squirted free and got in. Uh, that was a sweat. That was a sweat. But yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. You're right. This is a Mike Evans world now. And, and I think Tom Brady, is, as the deeper, as the run gets deeper for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike Evans becomes more and more of a valuable play. So I agree with you as far as if you don't take a. If you don't take a quarterback off the board first, Mike Evans probably is your guy, um, especially because you know that he's going to get the the touches and he's going to get the targets. Um, like we said, what was it? Nine nine catches on ten targets. Uh, you know he was he was one of the most targeted players. Obviously, only one with double digit. Well, not the only one, but there was a lot of them with double digits that didn't make as many catches. So. Yeah, Mike Evans is 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 just going to go deep, and I think this is not. Do you think Tampa Bay is going to make the Super Bowl? That that's my question. You almost want to see it just because they they do so well, and it's just such, it was such a surprise to me that Brady continued performing so well at his age. But um, I'm ready for somebody new. I guess I'm ready for a new team to make the Super Bowl. I'll be rooting for your 49ers to make it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I will too. Jimmy G is going to make it rough on us, but I, I'm still, you know, I wonder, this is not definitely Tom Brady's last season, but God, how many more do you think he's got? I mean, he's 45 now, right? And he, so, and he looks younger every year. It's weird. I wonder, I just wonder how much more he's got left. Because you saw Ben walk off the field and you know, Ben's tired. Ben's had it. <laughs> But I, I think when you look at him, I think Brady takes better care of himself a little bit than Roethlisberger does. Hey, man, sometimes those corn dogs run a lot more through your blood than whatever Tom Brady eats. I think he had a paleo diet or something like that. I don't know. Something, but, yeah. Yeah. 
The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on the Better Fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way, too. It's totally free-to-play. You'll earn better credits by completing challenges and use them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 states. Download the app today over Better betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social, right? So when I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches, tossing around bets in a speakeasy. Well, SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app, which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app, and it is purely competitive. So the next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. So let's get back to the roots of social betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN to join the revolution. And of course, while you're at it, Make sure to download that SGPN app. It is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and our podcasts, just like this one. And of course, while you're at it, toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. You have to roster a tight end in this uh, format. And so we'll move to the tight end position because... This one's a little tricky. Tight ends all season long kind of bite you. But now you start to see the cream of the crop rise to the top. Uh, and, and you saw a couple of outstanding tight end performances. Actually, you saw more more good tight end performances than I think you thought you were going to see uh, out of a wild card weekend. So we're going to break it down with a couple of them uh, as far as who's left in there. And we start with, I believe, we start with Dawson Knox, who found the end zone twice and uh, look, this was a guy I, I I wanted to love, then didn't get a chance to love him as much. Now I love him again. So Dawson Knox going into the, the best ball tournaments this weekend. Are we drafting him one and two? How high do we think we need to take Dawson Knox if we want a good tight end performance? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, five catches for 89 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he had a really good season to start with. Uh, weeks two through five, he had a touchdown every game. Um, then he had some injury, uh, with I think, to his hand. He had nine touchdowns in the season, and he had two two touchdown games before he had one this past week. So definitely a guy that Josh Allen looks to a lot, especially in the end zone, and I think that provides a lot of value. Um, to me, this is this is almost the same as the, um, the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. It's a matter of which guy do you think is going to play multiple games. So if you feel really strongly the Bills are going to beat the Chiefs and continue on, then I think Knox is your number one tight end off the board. I think it's because of how involved he is in the passing game. I think it's safe to take him in a middle round pick. Um, you know, I, I know the skill, the wide receiver and running back positions are important, but getting the tight end edge over other people is also a great way to win the league. 
Um, and, and Knox is definitely a guy that I think is is extremely talented, you know, and they go against the Chiefs, who are 16th against the pass, so he actually has a better matchup than Travis Kelsey does. Um, so for me, you know, same thing. It's kind of a 1A, 1B for me on Knox and Kelsey, just like Allen and Mahomes is. Well, and this is the frustrating part, right? I mean, there, in when you looked at the receiving leaders, three through five were all tight ends. You had Kelsey, you had Goddard, you had Schultz, you had Knox, and, and then Waller was even tucked in there inside the top 10 with seven catches for 76 yards. I mean, we, we were used to tight ends putting up three catches for 30-some-odd yards, maybe getting into the end zone, right, unless you're Kelsey or, or uh, Kittle back in the day, not even Kittle this season. But again, that's the thing. You're not used to the type of numbers that you were seeing this week. Kelsey, well, we'll talk about him in a second. But, uh, you know, Dallas Goddard had six catches for 92 yards. Dalton Schultz had seven catches for 89 yards. Uh, Dawson Knox, you said five catches for 89 yards, two touchdowns. You know, and, and Waller, uh, 76 yards. What the heck, right? I mean, receivers weren't even having these good games. And all of a sudden, the tight ends. But does that continue? the deeper that we go. Yeah, I, I think it does with these two particularly. Um, you know, I think they've been evo- involved enough throughout the year that you can count on them to continue to be involved. Um, Knox is a, a player who I was a big fan of at the beginning of the season. And uh, so I, I'll continue to ride that into the best ball drafts and get him when I can. Yep. Hopefully he's there for you. Cause I'm, again, I'm not going to take him until pretty deep like maybe the last one of the last three rounds um but i mean is that too late do you think you know for me if you can end up with Knox or kelsey in a in a middle round um just having that advantage those caliber players over a, a different tight end um you know like even kittle who has not been involved this year i think it's worth it um it gives you a good statistical advantage and maybe even Kittle's there for you on the back end. I mean, again, you, you're going to want to probably take a, a, a backup at each one of these positions just in case. One that you think is going to splash and one that's going to make a deep run. So, uh, yeah, maybe Kittle Kittle runs around in the back end. You can grab Kittle and Dawson Knox. Or the next guy we're going to talk about, Travis Kelsey, who had 108 yards and a touchdown, uh, but threw for a touchdown as well. So... Travis Kelsey showing that he could do it all a la Debo Samuel. Uh, so what What do we do with Kelsey, though? Because a lot of people obviously going into the season long, we're drafting him as a, a wide receiver. I mean, I mean, he's going in the third round, fourth round uh, as somebody who, who you were going to take as a receiver. And of course, for good reason. Um, so what are we doing and, and where we feel comfortable with Travis Kelsey going into these best ball uh, the last few weeks of this, this season? Yeah, he's probably the tight end with the most chance um, of yardage. Um, I can't count the throw touchdown every game, of course, but he continually seems to put up yardage. Um, you know, he had 109 yards, 104 yards in the season, 119. And week 15, he had 191 yards. I mean, he's the guy that when the receivers aren't open, Mahomes just throws it to him. Um, and he always seems to get open. So, uh, like you said, five catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown. He also has two touch, two two touchdown games in the regular season, nine touchdowns on the season, which is the same as Knox. So that's why I don't know if you can be like, oh, he's going to score more touchdowns than all these other tight ends. I don't think that's true, but I do think he's the guy that's most likely to be the highest yardage as far as tight ends go. Um, I, I don't think I'd take him in the third or fourth round in a best ball, but just like Knox, uh, a mid, like fifth, sixth, um, 
I doubt he falls to seventh, but if he is, I think you absolutely grab him there. But fifth or sixth rounder, I think, is is a good spot for either of these guys. There were three pass catchers that caught for over 100 yards this weekend in the in the playoffs. He was one of those three. And again, it just goes to show you that uh, Travis Kelsey, there's going to be weeks where he's not going to be the best. I mean, obviously, it's just the nature of the beast. But by and large, Travis Kelsey will get you where you need to go. And if I am banking on a, a tight end to get me through the rest of this postseason in a best ball tournament, I think I'm really going after Kelsey. And again, like you said, I, I, I may even go as high as a fourth round pick on him. Uh, because again, you had made the case for Dawson Knox as far as having that separation between a really good uh, um, pass catcher. And really, that's what he is. So to me, it's almost like I would take Kelsey as I would take a receiver because some of these other receivers that you got going on, you know, I don't, I don't even know if I trust them. Even Tyreek Hill, you know, <laughs> Tyreek Hill has sort of disappeared off of the face of the earth. He had five for 57 and a touchdown, but Travis Kelsey had 108. I mean, you know, people, people have figured out uh, 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 Tyreek Hill. And I think that uh, Travis Kelsey, you could try, but I don't know if anybody's figured him out yet. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the linebackers can't, cover him obviously he's a big guy for safeties to cover I mean he provides a lot of matchup problems and I think that's why he's so successful in getting a bunch of yards because he takes advantage of that and he just gets open absolutely so uh all right well I hope that we were able to get you guys uh through some of these best ball decisions uh again because here's the thing now that you're in the playoffs all the players are good (laughs) Right, I mean, a vast majority of these players are good. So there's some really tough decisions for you to make out there. So it's not like we're telling you uh, any sleepers, really, or any studs, because uh, they all get exposed on national television. And there's there's just kind of no more, oh, man, we're sleeping on a Jarek McKinnon, right? Like, all of a sudden, he pops up. So um, sure. yeah, hopefully, we've, we've helped you through. Any, any last uh, bits of advice for folks who are drafting in, in some best balls this weekend? Uh, just go with your gut. I mean, if you think Team A is going to beat Team B uh, and t- Team B's players are ranked higher, go with your gut. Take Team A, guys. Yeah. I mean, differentiation is is key uh, in this in this situation, especially when all the players are available, all the players available, right? You've, gotta, yep. you've really got to make your decisions based on who you think is going to run deep and, and also, again, who you think is going to have that splash play. So... Keep that in mind, you know, who you think is going to have a big game and then maybe back it up with somebody who you think is going to make a deep run or vice versa, you know, because again, you, you want to go in with a, a mindset of trying to advance, obviously, and trying to get the most points out of it. So, um, all right, Justin, we have reached the end. Why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you? You've got some good work coming up on the website, so make sure you pitch that and where they can find you all over the internet. Sure. Um, yeah, find me on SGPN's app and website. And then on Twitter, at Mark87J, um, I always share my articles and a bunch of other things there. So give me a follow. That's right. He's looking at some free agents, too. He's, he's sizing up the free agent market already in some of these uh, positions that you don't normally think about. So uh, good stuff coming up from Justin on the board. Again, you can find me on Twitter, at RJ Gomez. Find this show on everywhere that you get your favorite podcasts. And, of course, the SGPN app, where you can find all of our podcasts, all of our picks, Uh, including the Mothership SGP, and those guys are killing it over there 
at the at the mothership. They are putting out some quality stuff, so make sure you download the app to keep on tap. Hockey now has a podcast, Fantasy Hockey. So if you're one of those diehard fantasy folks that loves to play anything and everything, try Fantasy Hockey. Listen to that podcast as well. Uh, Bruni and the guys do a good job of that. So a lot of good stuff happening at the SGPN, man. This is a ship going to the moon, so make sure you keep up with it. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll come back on Thursday. We're going to talk some DFS. We're going to get you set up to win some money. Again, this is fantasy football, so we got plenty of outlets to keep going. So uh, we'll talk to you again on Thursday. And until next time, everybody, let it ride. Let it ride.